The Green Bay Packers secondary is riddled with injuries as they prepare to face the New York Giants in the playoffs. So what's the situation look like? We'll ask Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV. I'm your host, Brian Caravu. We're talking some Packers football this morning. We're getting ready for that playoff game against the New York Giants. To do that, we have a guest joining us on the phone today. Expert interview. We have Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com. Nathan, how are you doing today? Good morning, Brian. I'm doing well. How about you? Very good. Thank you. As always, Nathan, I want to start in the secondary today with so many injuries in the Packers defensive backfield. I want to take a close look at a couple players. Can you discuss the performance Micah Hyde had this past Sunday against the Lions and how he's looked as a perimeter cornerback versus a slot cornerback? He had to play both roles. Uh, sure. Overall, he had a good game, uh, mostly in the slot, and then he played 16 snaps out wide, uh, mostly late in the game. Uh, most of his time in the slot throughout the game was pretty uneventful. It allowed a couple short catches that weren't big gains or big losses. Um, had a tackle for a short gain, so he did have one good play there. Uh, then late in the game when he was playing more outside, uh, he did allow a first down, which was his only first down allowed all game. Um, one screenplay where he was blocked where I don't think it really mattered too much whether he was outside or in the slot. Um, but then he had that interception to finish things off, and that interception, um, if it wasn't for that play, he would have probably just had an average, very uneventful game. But the interception uh, definitely helped his grade, helped finish off the game. So uh, he had a good game because of that. For sure. A, uh, a guy who filled a lot of roles and uh, showed a lot of versatility on Sunday. Uh, Nathan, similar question for Morgan Burnett. Can you discuss how he's looked at safety versus linebacker versus slot cornerback? He too had to uh, fill in for those injured guys on Sunday. Sure. Uh, we at Pro Football Focus marked down where everyone is on every play. So we have a bunch of different positions we use and we had him at 17 different positions at various points throughout the game and that's <laughs> wow. the most he's seen in a game so um he was better at either slot cornerback or safety than he was at linebacker um he had a pass defense a tackle for short gain a good pass rush as well uh, from those positions although he did allow a touchdown but then at linebacker he uh, had a missed tackle and then there were just a couple plays where he was out of position either over pursuing or under pursuing in the run game. So um, he still uh, had a slightly below average game, mostly because of that linebacker play, but hopefully he can stick to more either safety or stock cornerback. And then he should be fine for the playoffs. 
Hopefully that's the case. Uh, there were definitely some rough games for Ladarius Gunter this season, Nathan. Uh, but it seemed to me over the last month or so, he's played really well. Can you talk about how he's done from about, I'd say, week 13 onward? Sure. Uh, throughout this entire season, he's most games he performed above average. And then it was just a couple really bad games mixed in there. And then over these past five weeks or so, um, it was only the Vikings game where he allowed four catches for 62 yards that I would say was a bad game. Um, not quite as bad as some of his other games earlier in the season. But then in the other four of those last five games, he just allowed five catches for 60 yards and had three uh, batted, or pass breakups. So um, only allowing five catches over four games is really good. So um, over the season, he had 10 pass breakups, which was tied for eighth for all cornerbacks. So um, as long as he can avoid uh, having those really bad games, which he's mostly done recently, uh, that should be a good sign for him going forward. Yeah, really remarkable considering early in the season, he was kind of playing a part-time role and it grew as the season went on. But a lot of good information there, Nathan, uh, on a guy on guys who will play uh, big roles here. Micah High, Morgan Burnett, Ladarius Gunter. Uh, in this playoff game coming up. Uh, we're talking to Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com here at Railbird Central on a Wednesday morning. Uh, Nathan, now that the season is over, there's a lot of debate about Aaron Rodgers and the MVP award. I know he had some poor games the first half of the year, but can you put his whole season in perspective and discuss his candidacy? Uh, sure. First off, for MVP, I definitely think uh, it should go to a quarterback this year like it does most years. And I think um, it's, Rod, uh, at least by pro football focus, we had him ranked third among quarterbacks behind Tom Brady and Matt Ryan. Um, I think it's a fair comparison between Rodgers and Ryan, where I think Rodgers at his very best is better than Ryan at his very best. But Ryan throughout the year was more consistent than Rodgers was. Um, I know some people can make the argument that Ryan has better receiving weapons, but then I would argue that Rodgers has had a better pass-blocking offensive line, which has allowed him to be under pressure less often and hold, hold on to the ball a little longer to let plays develop. So um, if I had a vote, I'd probably go Ryan over Rodgers. And then Brady, I would say outplay them both, but I also know there's um, he missed a couple games in there, and the Patriots did fairly well even when he was gone, but... I would definitely say Rodgers is in the top three for MVP candidates. It'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. Uh, Nathan, uh, I think it's pretty remarkable how much success Aaron Ripkowski has had with the ball in his hands. How does he stack up to other fullbacks as a ball carrier? Sure. Uh, this past week, he had the nine carries for 61 yards, which it was a little surprising to see him get the ball that much, but... Um, those 61 rushing yards, there was only one fallback this entire season who had more than 61 rushing yards over the entire season than Ripkowski's 61 in this past <laughs> week. And that was uh, Mike Tolbert, who had 114 yards on the season. So uh, Ripkowski led the league for fullback rushing yards um, over the season. He also graded out as the best runner for fullbacks, but there really wasn't a ton of competition there. Only four fullbacks on the season had double-digit carries, uh, former Packer John Kuhn being another one of those four, and then only two more that had more than five carries. So um, he was only the best out of a couple of players, but still being the best out of a couple of players is better than nothing. 
Yeah, and I think uh, he's only improving, so uh, we can say that about him. And speaking of improvement, Nathan, Devontae Adams finished off the regular season with two touchdown catches against the Lions, and I think he showed big improvement from last season. What area of Adams' game do you think he showed the most improvement? I think his biggest area of improvement was he became much more of a red zone threat this year. Um, a lot of his rate stats, uh, catch rate, yards per catch, uh, they were fairly similar to what he was at his rookie season, where then he digressed a little bit last year and then improved a bit off that this year. Um, he had uh, more catches, which led to touchdowns. I think it was 12 or 10 touchdowns this year. And um, there were also slight improvements basically in every aspect of play compared to last year, a more variety of catches. Uh, from different routes as well. But I think going forward, it would still probably be good for him to have some competition for that third wide receiver spot since I think he basically improved to being an average wide receiver. Yeah, Devontae Adams uh, finished three yards short of 1,000 yards this past season. And have they uh, counted uh, two-point conversions? He he may have gotten it, but they don't count that. Um, Nathan, mm -hmm. uh, apart from Devontae Adams, which Packers player do you think made the most improvement in 2016? Um, I know this is a player we've talked about a couple of times this year, but I would go with left tackle David Bakhtiari. Um, in roughly the same number of snaps he had last year, uh, the number of pressures he allowed was cut in almost half uh, from 36 to 20, which is a huge improvement in pass protection. Um, over the years, his sacks and hits allowed has continuously uh, decreased uh, from 15 to 13 to 8 to 4. So um, he's getting basically as close to perfect as you can get for pass protection from a left tackle. And then along with that, his run blocking was improved significantly from where it had been these previous three years. So um, I would say he's the most improved player. And then I'd also give an honorable mention to Nick Perry. Ah, very cool. Very cool. Um, Nathan, uh, as we look forward here to the playoff game coming up this Sunday, the Packers already played the Giants once this season, but that was a few, quite a few weeks ago. How have they changed since early on, and who do you think the Packers have to watch out for? Um, on offense, I don't think they've changed all that much. They have a good uh, interior offensive line, so it'll be a little difficult to get interior pressure against them. Um, I don't think Eli Manning has had quite as good of a year as he's had in previous years, but uh, having Odell Beckham really helps him out, and then he's just uh, had a couple good plays late in games, which has helped make up for it some. But I would say on defense, uh, they've been a bit improved compared to where they were in Week 5. Uh, you could argue, make an argument for three of their four defensive backs to be all pros this year, and that's not something we would have said in Week 5. So uh, that'll definitely make things interesting for Aaron Rodgers. Um, they also had a couple of free agent additions on the defensive line, Olivier Vernon and Damon Harrison, who... Uh, both had okay starts of the season, but really started to heat up uh, in the middle of the season. And that's carried on through the end of the regular season. So uh, Vernon, as a pass rusher, is their main pass rush threat. And then Harrison's an excellent interior run stuffer. So I wouldn't be surprised if this ends up being a lower scoring game and it's whichever defense can make the most plays will end up winning. 
Perhaps, especially the cold weather could contribute to that. Uh, Nathan, uh, a week ago at this time, I still didn't even know if the Packers would be alive for the playoffs, but glad they are so we could talk to you, and we'll talk to you next week and break down the game. Sounds good. Thank you. Have a good one. Yep, take care. Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com joining us here at Railbird Central on a Wednesday morning. Glad to have him joining us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with the show. Packers news of the day. Just a couple quick hits here before I talk a little bit, uh, have a little bit of a soliloquy here. But um, uh, like I said, a couple quick hits in Packers news. We found out Quinton Rollins is out of the hospital and head coach Mike McCarthy said he's, quote, progressing in a positive manner, unquote. So we know at least that Quentin Rounds hasn't suffered a serious injury, like he isn't paralyzed or anything, thank goodness. Uh, Whether he'll play Sunday, whether he'll play the rest of the season is another matter, Uh, but I thought that was probably worth just passing along in terms of uh, the little that we do know about Quentin Rollins. Wanted to let the listeners know, but... (laughs) <laughs> we we don't have a whole lot more than that, and that, that really doesn't give you a whole lot. So so good news that it's nothing majorly serious, uh, but your guess is as good as mine right now what his status is going to be in both the near future and the far future. Uh, we'll, we'll learn more, and um, we'll pass it along when we do. Uh, Another small note, kind of breaking news on Tuesday, the Pro Football Hall of Fame announced their finalists uh, yesterday, and it didn't directly include any Packers players, although the semi-finalist list didn't either, so that's really not a surprise, but it also did not include Clay Matthews Jr., the father of Clay Matthews III on the Packers roster, so he's out of the running for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The closest thing to a Packers player is probably quarterback Kurt Warner, who was once in training camp with the Green Bay Packers when Brett Favre was the starter, although Warner never played in a regular season football game with Green Bay, so... Uh, I'm stretching here, folks. Uh, but it it just was interesting that they announced the the finalist list. Uh, I don't know. It's a little over a dozen players, and uh, we will learn the the class itself during the week of the Super Bowl. So that uh should be coming down the pike rather soon here. Uh, and that's that's it for kind of breaking news here. I mean, there's a lot of other things like there's interviews with players that you know, kind of have been making the, you know, published in the papers and websites and things like that, but nothing really breaking, just getting their thoughts and stuff like that. But I kind of wanted to take the the bulk of my time here, my monologue, uh, to talk about a particular player on the Packers roster, and that would be Jared Cook, tight end Jared Cook, the Packers uh, primary free agency addition this past season. Uh, as you know, if you're a Packers fan and follow the team, they don't make many of those. Uh, but he kind of got a fair amount of attention in the aftermath of the win against the Detroit Lions because of a couple reasons. First of all, it was the first 
uh, division title he's ever won since he's entered the NFL. And we're ta- now talking about a guy who I believe he's in his eighth season in the NFL. Jared Cook's no spring chicken anymore. Um, but yeah, so the Packers win the NFC North title. First title of any kind that Jared Cook has been a part of. And then on top of that, obviously, um, uh, it, it's not. It's also his first playoff appearance that he'll ever take a part in. Uh, it, it just, just kind of remarkable for, I mean, if you reach eight years in the NFL, there's probably a pretty good chance you've, you've played in a playoff game. Uh, I mean, first of all, uh, even if you're, most players aren't with a franchise for eight years. So even if we, you're with a bad franchise, it's, it's possible you could have moved on in free agency to, to a winning one or things like that. Uh, but yeah, so I, those are really remarkable accomplishments, uh, or noteworthy at least, I think, uh, that I wanted to point out and, and congratulate Jared Cook for being able to take part in those things. That's really got to make his time with the Green Bay Packers fun and enjoyable. And it, you know, speaking of, you know, players making comments to the media, Cook, of course, you know, spoke to reporters in the aftermath of the game and and expressed his desire to return to Green Bay and you know makes sense uh it's probably a little tough to look in the crystal ball right now however and wonder is it going to happen because Jared Cook I mean going back to when he signed his free agent contract it was just a one-year deal remember so he does become a free agent once again here at season's end. Um, and, you know, it's it's going to be a very big decision. Um, Cook, you know, coming off a decent season with the Packers, it could have been very good had he not gotten injured. Unfortunately, he did. But since coming back from injury, he's played really well. And uh, with the exception of the, the one really poor game there. Uh, but apart from that, He's he's stepped up and done well, and you got to think that he would get some interest from other teams on the free agent market. And, um, you know, whether or not, you know, probably all things being equal, he'd like to return to Green Bay, but you just don't know if all things are going to be equal. If he, if he wants to test free agency and there's another team out there who watched him play this year and be like, well, he's still got a lot left in the tank. You know, are they going to offer more than the Green Bay Packers? That's what makes it so difficult to kind of assess his future at this point in in early January right now. And it'll probably be a little easier to assess A, after the, the season is done, and B, you know, once we get closer to free agency and, and see what the Packers... Uh, you know, salary cap picture looks like and things like that. See if any other players on the roster may or may not retire like a Julius Peppers. And you kind of figure out where the Packers are going to allocate their money and things like that. So that's that's why I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole here and speaking about the future. But I, I just did want to bring it up as kind of a uh, for the first time here in the aftermath of the 2016 regular season, 
to just kind of keep him in the forefront of people's minds and more than anything, congratulate Jared Cook for the uh, good play that has led to his first division title and playoff appearance of his NFL career and glad that it happened in a green and gold uniform. Not only that, but uh, also saw, uh, I maybe could have asked Nathan Yankee about this, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I being a media member, get, uh, uh, and I use that term loosely as a podcaster, but I do get the press release every week from Pro Football Focus, and they noted, and I thought I'd pass this along, how well the Packers' tight end position in general has done about the last month of the season, you remember when Jared Cook first came back from injury, he had that really bad game. But since that time, like I said, the last month here of the season, from about December onward, he's been really good. And not just him, this includes Richard Rodgers as well. Obviously, the contributions from Richard Rodgers have been, you know, modest compared to what Cook has done, as Cook has just played more, been targeted more by Aaron Rodgers, things like that. But in the opportunities that Richard Rodgers has gotten, he's made the most of them uh, against the Detroit Lions here. Made several uh, first down catches. I I shouldn't say several, a couple. uh, And also, uh, surprisingly, got some yards after the catch. Uh, and, And, you know, it only helps that there are guys taking pressure off of him that the rest of the receiving core minus Randall Cobb has been really healthy but I mean when you got a healthy Jared Cook a healthy Jordy Nelson a healthy Devontae Adams a healthy Geronimo Allison a healthy Ty Montgomery I mean this is all taking you know attention away from Richard Rodgers And that's probably what's allowed him to play a little bit better, you know, catching the ball in some open space and then just getting as much as he can after the catch. Because we know he doesn't have the speed to do a whole lot. So, yeah, I mean, having a healthy receiving core as a whole uh, is, is, you know, taking attention away from from the overlooked guys like Richard Rodgers. And it's probably only going to get better if a guy like Randall Cobb returns and, be even less attention perhaps but uh you know good job by the tight ends and and really they've they've done a decent enough job blocking you you're probably not going to put either Jared Cook or Richard Rodgers among the top blocking tight ends in the NFL but you're also not going to put them at the bottom in fact they're closer to the top than they are at the bottom so uh, they, they've done an, uh, a good enough job for the Packers to have success in, in the run game there or whether they might be blocking for a fellow receiver after the catch or things like that. Um, so just some really good production from the tight end position here that I kind of, like I said, wanted to spend my monologue uh, talking about and uh, have basically reached the conclusion by now. But good tight end production. Good to see from the Green Bay Packers heading into the playoffs. And uh, next segment. The day ahead. All right. The Green Bay Packers will hit the practice field for the first time on Wednesday since Sunday's game and release their first injury report of the week. You know, we analyze the injury report nearly every episode of this podcast, but I don't know if there's ever been a time more important than this 
I cannot truly make a prediction for this game until we know who's available, who's not, who's practicing, who's not, what capacity they're practicing, etc. So it will be very important today on Wednesday to see the status of several players. So those guys were watching, starting in the secondary here, to give you a, a laundry list of players here. We're looking at Quentin Rollins, who just got out of the hospital. Look, looking at Demarius Randall, who was in and out of Sunday's game and eventually couldn't come back with a tight knee, not to mention the groin injuries he's also been dealing with. We're looking at McIntyre Dorleant, the rookie cornerback who also had to leave Sunday's game with a knee injury. Uh, so th that's just the secondary uh, and the injuries we're looking at there. On top of that, also on defense, we're looking at Joe Thomas, who had his back lock up on him. We're looking at J. Roan Elliott, who's got the hand injury and may have to play with a club cast. Don't know if he will or not. He's not as important to the Packers' defense as a guy like Nick Perry, who's also playing with a cast. Uh, J. Roan Elliott has a bigger role on special teams, and maybe they feel the hand use is more important there. So that's what we're looking at on defense. Then on the offensive side of the football, Randall Cobb and uh, his his ankle uh, that has now s forced him to sit out two straight games, uh, including the all-important season finale against the Lions. He was hoping to play. I'm sure the Packers were hoping he'd play, but ultimately decided to keep him on the sidelines. And, you know, hopefully that means he's, He's ready to go finally for a playoff appearance in the wild card round. Uh, we'll see what his status is. And then some offensive linemen, Brian Balaga, who couldn't end the game. His replacement, Jason Spriggs, as well, came off the field late in the fourth quarter. Thankfully, the Packers basically had a two-score lead by then, and they could get by with Don Barclay for the last few snaps of the game. Um, uh, that's good because you wouldn't want Don Barkley in there for an extended period, but that's a good role for him, uh, to fill in at the very end. Uh, so the right side of the offensive line is a big question mark. And then you've got running back James Starks and his concussion, who's now been out several weeks himself. And how is he progressing? So these are all the injury question marks we're looking at here, along with, you know, lesser ones, guys you kind of expect to to maybe be listed on the injury report but still play. You know, guys like TJ Lang, who's been dealing with the foot injury, Clay Matthews dealing with the shoulder. They've at least been playing out there, um, but they may be listed on the injury report. So that that's kind of just your, your roundup of, of who we're looking at here. On this Wednesday, like I said, the biggest question marks in the secondary going to be so big with just because of the the domino effect it has on other guys playing out of position, like Micah Hyde moving from the slot to the perimeter, uh, like Morgan Burnett having to move from safety to anywhere else, be it linebacker or in the slot, Kentrell Bryce from safety to slot, um, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, we'll we'll see who's available. Um I I tend to think that De Demarius Randall with a you know 6 days off will be back out there but that's just speculation on my part. Uh I'm not counting on Quentin Rollins to be out there uh either this week or for the rest of the season, but again just speculation on my part 
Maybe it's a lot better than anybody thought. Um, and McIndendor Leont uh, have no clue at whatsoever. So we'll see. Like I said, could see a bunch of Josh Hawkins this week. You'd have to think he's at least going to be active and and ready for duty if needed. Uh, we'll see how healthy the rest of the secondary is, but that's what we're looking at. And then finally, the last thing I got for you today, uh, not just, you know, this was in the day ahead segment on Monday's podcast, but also today as well. Last I saw from the Green Bay Press-Gazette, there are still 2,500 playoff tickets available for for the playoff game on Sunday at Lambeau Field. This is down in the, you know, way back on Sunday night. The number was 8,000 tickets available. Um, It's down to 2,500. It's kind of an interesting situation. And uh, there's a couple things at play here. You kind of wonder, well, a playoff game, and the Packers continuously sell out Lambeau Field game after game. Why is this not sold out? And I can basically point out two primary reasons. There may be smaller reasons out there for individuals, but, you know, one, uh, they're very expensive. You know, tickets are pretty much the the cheapest is over $100. Uh, it, I'm talking face price here, not what somebody might get on the secondary market. And they go up from there, depending, you know, you got a club level seat, it's going to be more than $100. But, you know, so we're we're talking lots and lots of money. And then on top of that, um, you know, it, it just, I think Packers fans probably getting a little spoiled in terms of, you know, they're making their eighth consecutive playoff appearance. Those who are season ticket holders have seen lots of playoff games now over the years, you know, even dating back to the Mike Holmgren era, uh, if you go that, uh, there were there were years in which the Packers didn't make the playoffs, but you know for about the last 20 years they've made the playoffs what 16 times or whatever it is. Uh, it's 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 a lot of people who have season tickets who aren't necessarily buying them for the postseason. That's freeing up a lot. Um, but if you got the ability uh, and you're interested in seeing a Packers playoff game. You don't have to wait in any lines. All you got to do is go to Ticketmaster.com and scoop them up. And uh, I encourage Packers fans to do it so Giants fans aren't doing it because you know there's Giants fans out there like, well, playoff tickets are available. Let's buy a plane ticket. And they're going to do that. And that's the last thing you need is more, you know, road fans in a home environment cheering on the Giants. Uh, You want it to be a home field advantage. Uh, so certainly, like I said, uh, first first things first, make sure it's doable for you and your budget. But if it is, I encourage Packer fans to get out there and and get loud Lambo. Uh, that'll be a big ordeal on Sunday. And that does it for today's episode of Railbird Central. Thank you, everybody, so much. Um, my call to action, as always, as usual, if you've not done so already, please give us a rating and a review on iTunes. It's the one small thing we ask. Now that it's 2017, we need a new push and get some ratings out there. Uh, we've got over 200 of them, the most of any Packers podcast on the Internet, and thank you. Just go to iTunes, search Cheesehead TV. It'll pop right up. Give us a five-star rating. Brief little review doesn't have to be anything long, but it helps get word out about the show. We think it's a service to Green Bay Packers fans, and we appreciate it. Thank you very much uh, to those of you who have had 
We'll see you, folks. Uh, we'll be back again on Friday as we preview the playoff game against the New York Giants a little bit more in depth, offer some predictions for you. Uh, so excited to do that just two days from now. Enjoy your Wednesday, folks. We'll see you later. I leave you today with a song called New Country Blues by the Emmett Nershey Band on Psy Fidelity Records. See you later, everyone. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.